Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of This Marketing Show. We're so excited to have Ben Baker. Welcome, Ben. He is the communications and strategic messaging leader extraordinaire, and amongst other things, like we just chatted about, but you can talk to that. We're going to talk about internal branding today and why that's important. Ben, why don't you just introduce yourself before we get started? Yeah, you know, just to give your audience, first of all, Rick, Melissa, thank you for having me on the show. Just to give your audience a little bit of background, I started off in tech in the 1980s. I ran the AS400 mainframe at the University of Victoria. I got the uh, Mac lab up and running. I spent the first eight to 10 years of my life in VAR sales and also working for Ingram Micro. I handled uh, the equivalent of a company called Best Buy in, in Canada called Future Shop. So I, you know, I've been around the tech industry a little bit. Uh, about 25 years ago, I got tired of being in a plane 200 days a year. I was super elite on two airlines and, and basically you know, became a, a retired tech person and got into communications. About 10 years ago, I realized that we communicate as companies pretty well externally. We communicate horribly internally within companies. And my mission has been over the last decade to sit there and help companies communicate more effectively internally, help them tell their brand story and help them be more effective both inside and outside the company. Awesome. So Ben, uh, hey, great to have you on. I've been listening to some of your podcasts and uh, I, I thought it'd be great to have you talk to our audience on this topic because you come from a tech background. Mm -hmm. I too have uh, worked with Ingram Micro as a consultant for years, uh, lived through Y2K, which most uh, Gen Zs and millennials <laughs> thinks is a set of skis. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I made know, a lot of money through Y2K, I'll tell you that much. Guy, I remember being on the floor, the sales floor, as the clock ticked towards Y2K and the sales, it was just incredible uh, back then. Uh, you know, talk about a compelling event for tech sales. Um, so as you know, Ben, like we're a marketing agency, so we, we, we provide obviously the services to communicate a brand message and all that good stuff. And when I was listening to you on one of your podcasts, you were talking about the importance of having an internal uh, brand strategy. And, you know, I was talking to you before today's show and I said, you know, every fifth social post on a lot of our clients or the tech stream and social media is we're hiring, we're hiring. And with this, you know, fist fight for talent and retention being such a critical thing today, you know, maybe talk to us a little bit about what is internal branding and communication in your mind? Well, I think we're beyond the fist fight. I think we're into the knife fight and the guns are coming up pretty quick. You know, the, the war on talent right now is all about differentiation. It's not about who can offer more money, because guess what? If I offer $30,000, somebody else will offer $40,000. When they offer $40,000, somebody else will offer $50,000. Mm -hmm. So people are only as loyal until the next offer comes down the, down the pike. So going strictly on being able to offer more money is not going to help people. People want to know why should they come and work for you? What's the value? What's the culture? What's the brand? What are you guys trying to achieve? Who do you achieve it for? You know, what are your goals and aspirations? What are the cool things that happen inside your company that differentiate you? And that's a story the companies need to be able to tell. Yes, you need to have a competitive wage. There's absolutely no question. You can't be $50,000 
underneath the market fair market value. But if you are the person that's close, if you're in the ballpark and you can tell a better story and it's a true story, it's not just something you're going to make up. And as soon as they walk in the door, they're going to look at around and go, this isn't them. You know, if you can live that story, if you can live that brand and have a culture that makes people go, wow, I want to be part of this, the money dissipates because people want to be part of something interesting. They want to be part of something that's going somewhere. They want to feel valued and needed and for lack of a better word, loved. So I think a lot of our clients are dead on what you're saying. They, they just don't know how. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, Melissa, one of the things, you know, we wanted to talk to Ben about is like, how, how does a company come up with an internal brand story? Like what's the execution model or the components that, um, yes. you know, that people would do, or you've seen, you know, yeah, work with clients. Exactly. I mean, the first thing you need to be is you need to be honest with yourself. You know, I'm not Google. You know, I'm not a hundred thousand person company. Right. I'm I, I I'm not Netflix. I'm not Apple. The question is, who are you? Mm. Who are you as a company? What are the things you live and die for? What are the things that are important to you? How do you tr treat your people each and every day? How do you treat your customers every day? You know, what are the things you're trying to do? What what's your aspirational goals? What's your big, hairy, audacious goal that you're looking at five years down the future? And you know, what are the problems that you solve and why are you solving them? And if you can answer those questions, you're on your way. Because that's what it is. It's, it's about telling people, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is why we do it. These are the people that we do it for. We're, we're not for everybody. You know, there's 99% of the world that is never going to care about what we do and why we do it. But this 1% of the world really truly cares and we can affect that 1% of the world and we can make that part of the world that much better because of what we do. That's our mission statement. And when you can breathe that into the life of your organization and get people to actually believe it, not just say they're not just words on a wall. They're not phrases that are, you know, trumped out once a year by, by the CEO in an annual general meeting, but it's something that's actually lived day to day people will get behind it and people will believe it. And people will tell this not only to their coworkers, but people that are, you know, potential coworkers and also to clients and vendors for that matter. For sure. So you're talking there about defining your mission and your values. So what do you, so, so let's just say, play that out. That's done. Okay. So yeah. now how do you include the employees in that and, and develop that out and execute? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not the fact that it's done. I mean, the fact is, Getting your employees part of this, right? And part of the part of the the building of the mission, vision, value is important because it can't just be. I mean, I have taken more boards of directors on these wonderful retreats to resorts, you know, in far off areas, sat them in in boardrooms, and we've come up with these wonderful mission, vision, value statements, and they go, "Yeah, that's it. That's who we are." And then it, they try to sell it to the to the general population within the company, and it does ring true. You need to get your people involved. You need to have people throughout the teams involved in developing this to sit there and say, does this ring true? Because then you build brand champions. Right. If they're involved in building this story, if they're involved in telling this story and being the champions of the story and being that inner circle, 
mm-hmm. and realize that, you know what, there's people throughout this organization, you know, pockets that are involved in this, they'll tell everybody else within their team who will tell other teams and it will propagate from there. But if it's just something that comes from the C-suite and it's tone deaf to what's happening throughout the rest of the organization, it's not going to go anywhere. So that's, that's the first thing. And I, and I can't stress how important that is mm-hmm. because if you don't do it right, it will not land. And if it doesn't land, it's not going to have any meaning. Nice. Now, and, from there, oh, say, yeah, go ahead, Rick. No, go ahead. No, Melissa and I have been to the kickoffs, okay? Yeah. And we, we, oh, yeah. we too have worked with the executives on the theme right. and, you know, at 212 degrees, you know, water boils. And, you know, yes. this year it's a shark attack and get in, got in. Like we, we, we've, you know, and everybody after about six Bud Lights, they forget what the heck the mission vision <laughs> value was, right? So, um, and I've been that keynote speaker up on the stage leading the charge. I know. And, 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 you know, people, you know, someone listening right now is saying, okay, great. Can you give our audience maybe some specific tactical things that you've seen work because employee engagement we're seeing right now is like more critical than ever. And I think what you're talking about is really the, the bloodlines to make sure that they, they get it, they believe it, they understand and are a part of it. But what would be some kind of operationalizing components? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, are you talking, for example, like, is it newsletters? Is it videos from the celebrity CEO? Is it like, what, what if a company uh, wanted to do what you're saying? I think they would, they'd be a little loose footed in terms of how do I yeah. do it? Like, what are the pieces? Exactly. For, for large to enterprise level companies, what we do is we build internal podcasts and it's a weekly podcast that's talking about different aspects of the company that's building in culture and DEI and purpose and vision and new product development and all sorts of things and all bringing it back down to culture and all bringing it down to brand and being able to sit there and making sure that the message is constantly being repeated and it's constantly being integrated into what's happening now. And how does what we're doing now, you know, affect what we're going to do in the future? And it's it's all about ongoing communication. In small organizations, it's team meetings. And it's, it's being able to have the ability for everybody in the organization to speak up and everybody to have their own, their own voice. My big belief is leaders speak last. Leaders speak last. And it's about what do you think? And go around the room and let people think, hey, here's a point. What does everybody think about this? Now the leader speaks. Now they don't, they don't give away their hand. They don't you know, say yes or no or right on or whatever. At the end of the meeting, then they sit there and say, well, this is how this is affects us. And this is where we are. This is where we're going. And this is how we as a team are going to help us get there because this dovetails with the purpose, vision, mission, values, brand of the company. And it's ongoing. It can't just be one thing. Yes, newsletters are important if people read newsletters. You know, you can't just throw a newsletter out there and hope that people are going to read it. It's got to have value to it. And it's got to explain not only the what, but the why and where we're going next. And that has to be with corporate videos, that has to do with social media, that has to do with team team meetings, that has to do with the golf tournament, that has to do with the Christmas, you know, the, the Christmas party or the year-end party, whatever you want to call it. It's about the ongoing, consistent communication that happens day after day after day within the organization, because it can't just be a one and done. 
Mm. If it's one and done, no one's going to remember it. Nobody's going to do it, but it all starts. And I'll tell you where it all starts onboarding. Mm. It starts from the second you give somebody a letter of intent. Your onboarding starts way before they get in the door. And you need to make sure that people feel listened to, understood, and valued throughout the organization from day one. They need to make sure that they feel important. You need to make sure that they understand where we are as a company, where we came from, where we are, where we're going. You need to, they need to understand how they fit in, how they belong, and how they help the company succeed. And that starts from day one. So if we don't onboard our people properly, within 90 days, 50% of those people have one foot out the door because they're sitting there going, well, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I here? What, what, you know, why am I important? You know, oh, somebody, wait a second, somebody just offered me a better, to, maybe I'll take a look at that. But if people oh, ben, are I, embedded, I, they'll stay. No, I, 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 I'm drinking your Kool-Aid. I'm, 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 you know, with the onboarding piece, I always tell our clients, no one will be as excited to work for your company other than the time when they, they sign the offer letter and day one, they start. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and often we actually suggest to our clients, like get them up and going on some training programs before mm-hmm. they even start, because a, you'll have a dipstick on their level of interest day one, when they get there mm-hmm. and people often are like, Oh no, I don't want to, you know, interrupt their time. But can you back to the onboarding? Yeah. Which I agree with you. Like, Get us into your toolbox if you can. Like, what specifically? Let's let's take the tech sector. You're familiar. We're familiar. all right. Let's take the tech sector. I hire a, a, a an IT analyst or an IT specialist, whatever. And it would apply in any industry. And I signed my letter of intent today, and I got my 30 days notice until I start with you know your company type of thing. What would be some kind of things that you know someone could do in that 30 day window, if I may ask? All right. How about with the email that goes out with the letter of intent, a five minute or less loom video from this person's boss talking about welcome to the team. This is where we're going. This is the day that you're going to start. We're excited about it. Here's some things that you want to think about. These are the things that we're going to do on day one when you walk in the door. And if you have any questions, here's my email and and feel, feel free to get in touch with me at any time beforehand. The day they walk into the office, have everything prepared. Don't sit there and spend the first day filling out paperwork. You know, send them the paperwork information if you can ahead of time. Most, you know, most of you guys have got, you know, t- tech stacks up the wazoo where you should be able to give them something where they can self-populate the stuff a week before they walk in the door. So the yeah. first day they're not sitting there filling out paperwork. Have their desk clean and set up ready for them, have their computer set up, have their phone set up for them, have a bunch of promotional products sitting on their desk, you know, hopefully in the right size to, you know, to make them feel welcome because guess what? The first thing they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to take a picture and they're going to put it up on Instagram and photo and Facebook say, wait, well, have a big banner there where they can take a picture and you put, their picture up on the first day on your Facebook page or your LinkedIn page or whatever, welcoming the person to, you know, to the office, make sure you set up a meeting with their team the first day or a lunch Mm. to sit there with your team, to sit there and say, let everybody get to know each other, assign them a mentor 
for the first 30 days or 60 days that they're in the company to shed them to show them where the where the bathroom is, where the coffee machine is, how to use the photocopier, you know, all those things, you know, what are the things that they need to use within the CRM? They've never used Slack before. Have somebody who can give them a quick lesson on Slack. You know, it's little things like that that make the difference between somebody walking in the door and walking out again. Mm-hmm. And walking in the door, parking, and being there for two, three, four years. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> you mentioned CRM. Normally, that's the first month of training, anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, or the first I, thirty I, seconds that most people say, "Oh, there's our CRM." Okay, yeah, 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 yeah go yeah. figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah go about, figure it out. What about? Listen, you said any question goes. Let me throw this at you. What about yeah. in a virtual setting? A lot of companies now are moving to 100%. a virtual environment where you know Jimmy or Jane they they don't go into an office on day one, and in fact they don't go into an office ever, and they may meet people once a quarter, once a uh, any suggestions like in terms of the virtual setting. Yeah, I mean I know people that over COVID have had five new coworkers show up in their in their in their world. And they, they still have not yet met them physically. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're across Canada, you know, group, you know, there's, they're not in Vancouver. They're, they're across, they're across the country. They've never met them. And those two year, you know, two, uh, you know, the biannual conferences that usually happened didn't happen during COVID. Mm-hmm. So the big thing is, is to make sure you as a leader assign time for these new people to get to meet their coworkers. You know, Zoom calls, WebEx, whatever, phone calls, whatever, and get them to be able to have a mentor that they can sit there and say, look, you know, I'm flying blind here. I'm in, I'm in my apartment in Etobicoke. You know, uh, everybody else is on the side of the world. I'm not really sure where to start, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know what to do. And having somebody that they can ask those dumb questions to, because no question's dumb, but they're, they feel dumb to you, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody who's there to be able to sit there and say, look, let me give you a little bit of advice. Let me give you a little bit of hand on this. And it would be really nice if companies realize that the value of this and compensated the people that are mentoring, you know, for doing this, you know, as well, giving them a little bit of, of, of help because it's what they're doing is it's going to lead to the ROA of the company. Mm-hmm. But it's it's being able to make sure these people feel welcome, having having a a, a welcome kit being couriered to their to their house the first day that they work there making sure that their laptop is is set up you know is set up and their cell phone gets delivered delivered to them the day or two days before they actually start mm-hmm. and it's all set up properly that somebody's actually gone and looked at the tech and made sure that all the programs are up and running and that their email is set up and that they're all all their IDs are there mm-hmm. just little things like that make all the difference and then it's setting up regular conversations talking about expectations and accountability not only as the leader for the employee, but uh, for the employee of the leader. And there's got to be that two-way accountability and expectations, and it's got to be verbalized and it's got to be agreed upon. So both sides know what they can expect from the other and what's expected of them and what, you know, what the ramifications are if things don't go the right way. Because if, if people understand, if, the, if people know where the line is in the sand, they stick to that line in the sand. If they if they don't think there are any rules and they think that everything is an exception, that's when chaos ensues. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I see a lot of uh, internal communication now going on that actually lack of internal communication. And a lot of it's through text. A lot of it's not 
the human element. I, I really like your idea, the internal podcast. And if you're a smaller company, it could be a quick video recorded on your phone that's disseminated exactly. to the team. I mean, just so it's humanizes the message because we all know what we read can be interpreted in different ways. And mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to suggest, you're trying to suggest, you know, changing direction or correction or, um, Hey, I, I, I asked you to come on today and talk about this topic because I think a lot of companies have lost focus of their internal brand story, which you're talking about both. And it starts at the onboarding. Great point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got to be a focus, I think, of uh, agencies like ours or yours to help them you know, move their message internally and keep it fresh and keep it exciting so people actually watch or listen to the thing. Um, but uh, I just want to say thank you very much for coming yeah. in today. You shared some really practical uh, things I think I hope our audience consider because this fist fight, uh, you call <laughs> it worse for talent right now. I don't think it's going away. And, you know, yeah. um, you know we need to uh, keep our people tethered to the raft. Sorry, Melissa. No, I was just going to say lots of great insights. Uh, thanks so much, Ben. We really appreciate it. So where do people get ahead of you or get a hold of you, buddy? If they you know what? The best way to get in touch with me is either through LinkedIn. Uh, you know, people can find me at your brand marketing or through my website, which is yourbrandmarketing.com. Uh, my phone number and my email address is in the top right-hand corner of, of my website. You know, people can book a 30-minute free consultation to sit there and talk about, you know, their challenges and how we can help them. Uh, there's lots of free eBooks and there's lots of ways that, you know, we can, we can sit there and help people. So I want to find out what's, what your challenges are. I, I don't want to find out what the general challenges are. I want to know what your specific challenges are, and then we can fix them because well, I don't like speaking generalities because no two companies are, di- are the same. I got you. I got to go now and cut a video for my team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. and I've got to hey, go mentor. Hey, yeah. Loom is your friend. Loom is your Loom friend. Is- you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's simple. It's free. And it's a Chrome, uh, you know, plugin. So yeah. why not? Hey, good awesome. job today. Congrats on everything you're doing. I think you got yeah, some absolutely. great content out there and uh, thanks so much for joining us today on this marketing show. Hey, thanks, thanks for having See you me. Next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of this marketing show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.